So, Jamo, what do you think is the message of the band? The message of the band. I guess... I don't actually know. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Spencer Whiteout Podcast. Radar. I'll give you a kiss, you give me your number. I checked out a ton, dude. Tell me you felt. We're Americans. We're the ones that are descendants from the 1776 musket bearing motherfucker. Welcome back to the Spencer Whiteout podcast. In this episode, I interviewed JMO of the Australian metalcore band Headwreck. In this conversation, we talk all about their formation, songwriting process, DIY approach, live shows, and much more. Let's dive in. Yeah, so I just want to say I found your guys' music on Reddit Metalcore. I found Poseidon, and I just loved the downtune guitars and the glitchy effects. And I just felt like the mix and the production and just the vibe of everything was really, really sick. So I love your guys' music, and I want to dive a little deeper. So I want to get started and hear about the beginning, like who's in the band, how old you guys are, and how you guys came together. Well, it's me. We got Connor on the screams, <laughs> Colby on drums, and Dane on bass. Me and Connor are both 24. Um, Colby is almost 21 and Dane is 20. Right on. And you do guitars and clean vocals in the band, right? And songwriting too. Yes. So how'd you guys come together? Me and Connor used to be in a band before Hedrick and Hedrick was essentially the same members, just missing a few. Um, and then when our original drummer, he left the band and then we got Colby in. So yeah, I guess I met Colby through Instagram and then Dane was in a band with Colby before Hedrick. So it's kind of like, yeah, I guess it's taken like a little bit of time and um, slowly sort of merged into what it is now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. How close do you guys all live together? Me, Dane and Colby are all on the Gold Coast, which is like an hour south of Brisbane. And then Connor lives like a lot closer to Brisbane. So he's maybe like 35, 40 minutes away from sort of the rest of us. So Okay. So not too bad. Yeah. So what are your guys' musical influences personally and then maybe collectively as a band? A big one that I usually forget to mention is a band called Caligula's Horse. Um, they're sort of like a more proggy band from Brisbane as well. I actually used to get vocal lessons from their vocalist. Their influence is a lot in sort of, I guess, the rhythms used in Hedrex music. Similar influence for that would be North Lane, of course, you know, low tune guitars. Electronics. Yeah. Um, I personally really like Owl City. <laughs> hey, what's the best Owl City album, though? I like Ocean Eyes. The most, but that's Classic. probably a bit generic to say, isn't it? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, for me, I think the biggest one is the Amity Affliction. I'm like mega fanboy over them, so. Yeah, I'm going to be seeing them soon. The Monsters of Oz tour, all your Australian bands are coming over to the US. I can't wait, man. That is a huge lineup. I can't believe they're not playing in Australia. That doesn't make any sense. Are you guys just pissed or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the best bill ever and it's in America. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
Let's talk about the songwriting process. Where do you start? Most often I would say I will play around with synths in Logic and then sort of just put some heavy guitars and drums over the top and it might just build from there. Sometimes I'll usually put the drums down first and then just put guitars over the top of that and just kind of play around with all those glitchy sounds and stuff and yeah yeah i was gonna mention that because to me that's what hooked me that's what stood out with your music because i'd heard bands do that kind of thing before like dealers done that alpha wolf kind of the new metal thing and they'll throw in random noises uh dark matter as well does some great electronic stuff but your guys's sound with the glitchy sounds is very consistent across all of your songs and it has like a signature flavor to it. And I really love that. So I want to know how you kind of came up with that theme, that kind of through line between all your music. Mm. Yeah, like I think a lot of bands at the moment are using a lot of whammy sounds. But the way that I make the glitches is just that basic like scratch sound, scratching the strings really fast. And then simply just chopping up the audio like Mm. there's no pedals used for it it's just the good old macintosh (laughs) (laughs) yeah or like sometimes i might sort of glide up the strings a little bit or glide down or do a little squealy and sort of just like mush them all together and just kind of paste them and essentially try and make like almost like a DJ sort of scratch. Yeah. Well, it's like it has a rhythm to it. It's not like just kind of randomly thrown in here or there. It's like those little sounds and stuff, they'll repeat into like a melody. So it's like you're making a melody out of like these dissonant, weird little sounds, which is really cool. For sure. I get what you're saying, like especially in um, sort of that middle section of Poseidon. (laughs) It's like that's just me on one of the higher strings, just like scratching it up and down and then just chop it up. (laughs) My favorite would be free fall. Like I just feel like the riff and the glitch sounds, everything at the beginning of that song like hits so hard, dude. (laughs) And it's just crazy. I love it. So I recommend that song if people want to check that out. We're gonna talk about your two releases pretty soon, but I did want to ask about the demos as well. I heard that your demos are part of like a template that's like already mixed and mastered. Yeah. I guess um, our first EP, Glamorized Demise, was a lot of trial and error from demo to final product. And once I found that final product, I basically just used that. <laughs> like, I basically just made a new project with the same settings on the guitars and bass and drums mainly. Like the rest, that's all like extra synths and stuff and depends on the song. But just the general guitars, bass and drums and vocals as well. It's sort of like they were all written into the template of... Of the last EP. So essentially all the demos from this second EP sounded like Glamorized Demise. Mm -hmm. And I guess I made some few little changes on Reflection Room mix just to hopefully make it a little bit better. And Reflection Room's in a different tuning. So obviously um, some things had to be altered a little bit, but... Yeah, essentially, like, when I track the demos or when I make the MIDI or whatever, it's, like, all the plugins and settings are ready there. It's literally just, like, fine-tuning the automation and maybe a bit of whatever else. You're just improving upon the formula every time, basically. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's handy when writing stuff. 
for yeah. me because you kind of get an idea of how it's going to sound at the end like straight away yeah that's really cool what would be a dream collaboration oh maybe skrillex yeah <laughs> hey i could actually see that that would fit actually yeah skrillex that would definitely be influence for me as well yeah like, sometimes i guess i try and make sort of dubstepy things with the guitar well and you guys did that kind of reimagined ep as well so it's like there's a lot of potential for like collaborating with even edm or different vocalists or whatever and kind of reimagining some of your old songs or just creating new stuff and really going off and exploring for sure i would actually love to work with a proper dubstep dude because i have no idea what i'm doing when it comes to like actually making <laughs> original dubstep well what was it like when you guys did the reimagined ep because that's like totally a different style and it's all softer and just different than your usual thing yeah for me that was a lot of fun the one that took the most work would have been the the first one empty space reimagined because obviously that's like just piano and vocals so i would have had to remake everything but for the other reimagined ones it's all basically just an extension of the layers behind mm. the heavy music so like with the eulogy one those are all kind of layers that already exist in the song or when we play live we have like these little transitions or like intros to songs and i basically just took the little live intro for eulogy and just extended it out a little bit and had to play around the end of the sweet one that was i was thinking like oh it's already a soft song let me just make elevator music for <laughs> <laughs> so that one um and then yeah obviously the free fall one is kind of like taking that synth section that's already like in the bridge and I just like made it a swing feel, I guess, and then just sort of played around with that. But yeah, I personally had a lot of fun with that because I guess it allows me to try something different rather than just following the formula, I guess. Yeah. Do you think you'll do the same treatment for the second EP? I think so. Like not all of them. And I guess not all entirely the same kind of style because I guess, yeah, like every reimagined song is kind of different. So I want to try and make still some reimagined versions, but instead of like a soft piano version, maybe uh, some weird like vocoder version or something. <laughs> yeah. Or um, I think for the B-sides for Reflection Room, I also want to put out like a couple of the songs that didn't make it, I guess. Mm. Like one of them is just this short little instrumental kind of experiment. It's like the same heavy guitars, but over more of like trap drums um so yeah definitely i think we'll have some fun on this b-side as well yeah yeah why not it worked the first time do it again right yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned live shows i want to talk about that and how do you guys get booked on that and how have the show's been so far in terms of how we get booked um i guess i don't actually know sometimes we <laughs> apply yeah. for certain shows sometimes we get offered shows at the moment we've got a guy um jaden from a band called stepson um he's sort of our email man at the moment in terms of shows and stuff which is good like that's a good help i guess he just knows a few more people than we do and can sort of help us a little bit which is great so yeah i would say it's, it's mainly just offers most of the time so far i'm really happy with all the shows we've played it's been really great to travel a little bit get out of our state and play in some other cities has been like really really cool 
And then how does the music translate live? I would say most of the time it's all good. Like we've got all those um, glitchy sounds and synths in the tracks. Yeah, <laughs> like very track heavy. The only issue is certain venues or certain sound guys or whatever, like if the tracks are too quiet, I guess it takes away from our sound a little bit. Right, like it might sound a little empty or void or something. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, for sure. Like um, it's only really happened maybe twice, yeah. maybe three times. Like it's always hard to balance tracks with the actual band depending on the room and whatever speakers the venue has like it's also hard because you're up on stage you don't exactly know how it sounds for everybody out yeah, there yeah <laughs> yeah like um when we've done little headliners i've had a chance to sort of walk out where the audience would be and sort of listen and usually it sounds like pretty cool yeah how about a best show best show it was around this time last year it was in sydney um we were main support for inertia and it's this sort of like emo night event happens sort of once every couple months but i think it was the first one to happen kind of after the last bits of covid so everyone was like super keen to get out of the house and go to a show finally and we were on quite late in the night and everyone seemed like pretty drunk <laughs> i don't think many people knew who we were they were just loving it though and like everyone was just going like, hey, it was like the room was packed. It was just a really good energy. And we definitely like felt that on stage and it sort of gave us a big buzz as well. So I think that one stands out for all of us. Yeah, there's definitely been some other good ones for sure. But I think that one. That's awesome. Have you started to have good fan interactions as well? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I think Connor would definitely meet the most because after we play, he usually goes to the merch and I'm left there packing up all the stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> obviously, all the backing tracks and stuff, it, it's all my responsibility. So, I'm just there like packing off. But I myself am usually a bit more reserved. Yeah. I'm not super social, but there's definitely a fair amount of people that interact with us and buy merch or maybe get some vinyls and get them signed or maybe a couple of photos here and there, which is always a good feeling, especially if you've you know never met them before and if they have nice things to say. Yeah, it's a good feeling. Yeah. And, you know, you've been working on this project for years. So to have people recognize it is always good. Yeah. I always like really appreciate anyone who supports us in, in any way. Yeah, it means a lot to me for sure. Are you guys big enough to have haters yet? Um, I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> I think that there's been a few like comments on like Reddit that were like, oh, no, heard this all before. <laughs> or, or like uh, maybe one or two on YouTube that are like, oh, sounds like North Lane. You're like, that's a bad thing? Come on, that's awesome. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you know? I think the more hate you get, maybe that's a good sign, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, man. It means your music is expanding to more and more people that are strangers. And so, hopefully you keep growing. Yeah. Hopefully some more hate. <laughs> so, as I understand it, you guys don't have a label. Is that correct? Everything's DIY? Yeah. No label. Music is all ourselves. And however, like videos and like photos and album art and stuff, that's all Andrew Vaughn. He's like a good friend of ours now. We've been working with him like since the start, basically. And he's basically responsible for like everything but the music. The aesthetic. Yeah. Like music, video, photos, album art and the ads. That's awesome. He's your secret fifth member, I guess. 
Yes. Got to give him that shout out. Yeah. Shout out to Andrew Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> well, also with your guys' aesthetic, you seem to really love checkers and chains. Yes. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That started with Freefall, just the <laughs> album art that we got for that one. And I'm like, yeah, that looks cool. And, and it- then you got your long sleeve checkers shirt too, right? Yeah. 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 That thing's iconic now. Yeah. It's actually like a baseball or basketball sleeve. You know, there's okay. like one yeah, yeah. little thingies yeah the checkered thing started with me i think i sent a message to our group chat like happy free fall day when it came out and i put like a checkered flag and a chain because that's <laughs> kind of like what was in the album art and then we just started using those emojis like all yeah. the time maybe that needs to be the name of the debut album dude checkers and chains Checkers and, chains. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's weird like since then i've just been noticing more and more checkers you just see them everywhere yeah like i highly doubt there's any sort of trend started but it's just like you know it's (laughs) sort of like if you buy a yellow car you just start seeing yellow cars everywhere but anyway maybe you guys could do like a long sleeve head wreck shirt that's got the checkers and then everyone could rock it like you yeah 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 maybe some of the baseball shirts as well yeah what's next in 2023 that is a good question um we've got like a few shows lined up possibly uh, a little run down the east coast hopefully in terms of i guess any further releases it will probably just be the maybe some of those b-sides on the final hopefully and um, we we want to try focus a lot on making a bit more Instagram content, like some more playthroughs, like especially drum playthroughs. I would love to see. I think they're really cool to watch. Maybe some production breakdowns. Take a look at Logic projects and just have a listen to a few of the layers and peel back the layers on some of the secrets. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's all from my knowledge, but who knows what can happen, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> So, Jamo, what do you think is the message of the band? The message of the band. People could take away one thing from your music. What would it be? Um, checkers and chains. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to welcome all the new listeners to the podcast and let you know that there's lots more band interviews coming soon, as well as comedy-focused episodes. So subscribe and follow me on Instagram at Spencer Whiteout to stay up to date. As always, stay tuned, stay hyped. That's a wrap. And that's it.